0: Welcome back to the Boneyard Podcast, everybody. This is your host, Jared Schaffin, along with my good friend, best friend, Artemis Brower. Artie. What up, what up? How we doing?
1: Good, good, good. It's been a long week, man. It's been, it's been a long week. We're good. It's Thursday. we almost at the end of the week. I got a uh, got a friend's wedding I'm going to this weekend, so I won't be around watching much college football, but i uh, going to enjoy the festivities this Saturday for Mike and Anna. So
0: looking forward to that. Awesome, yeah. Congratulations to Mike and Anna. They uh, are making the same mistake that I made of getting married sure during, during football season. Sure did. Um, speaking of which, already, I, I want to start the show off by saying that I am very happy. I want to I wish a very happy anniversary to my wife, my my beautiful wife, Savannah uh our, let the our, people know our 5 year anniversary is tomorrow so on on friday um when this comes out the day you're listening to this probably uh will be my 5 year wedding anniversary with my beautiful wife savannah happy, so
1: happy 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 early anniversary to both of y'all uh, 5 years wow that's um Half a decade. And honestly, it, 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 it goes by very, very quick. I'm not even married and it, and it feels like I was at you guys wedding. Like, like last year, it doesn't even feel like it's been five years. So you guys got a kid and everything house and everything. So you guys, are, I'll you guys are what I, I'll, I'll say this, if if people don't know the Shaffits are doing it. All right. So much love to y'all.
0: I I, I appreciate that already. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, five years, it, it's, it's gone by so fast, but, uh, it, it's been it's been great, and then yeah, we're we're doing date night tomorrow night. We're we're taking our daughter with us to to a nice restaurant. We'll see how that goes. We got our our daughter will be five months old. Uh, I guess on on Monday. So wow, five
1: um, months on the five year anniversary.
0: Yeah. So lots going on in in the Shaffer household. But uh Artie, I, I know you spent some time with family tonight. How's everything going?
1: Good man, mom's is good. My mom, Mama Dukes is good. Brother is good. Um, you know, everybody's just grinding, doing their, doing their own thing. Ashley's good. So um, we got some. We got some things that we're that we're working on too. That we're going to let everybody know here shortly. Just to uh, just just through that little tidbit out out there. Not not going to tell you exactly what it is, but you guys are smart. You can figure it out. So that'll 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 be coming soon.
0: I mean, Artie, you're probably going to have to tell me after we record. That's fair. That's right. You're, you're going to have to tell me after we record. That's right. Uh Cool. Well, Artie, number 64. Do you, do you have a number 64 for me? I do have another number 64,
1: and hold on. I'll I, I look this up on my phone. This is actually – this may be chalk, but I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Before today, I really hadn't heard of this guy. But he's supposed to be like an NFL legend, NFL Hall of Famer,
0: and I'm losing it. I know we're on live. And I'm losing it. Come on, I'll I'll, I'll go then. I'll go. Go ahead. go ahead. Uh, my guy, he only he only wore it one season. Um, m- more known for wearing the number 15. So when they only wear it one season, I I don't consider that chalk. That's not chalk for somebody wearing 64. He only wore it the one year. Uh, mine is, I mean, MVP, four time All Star, four time Gold Glover, Wilson overall. Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, two-time World Series champ, and a Silver Slugger award winner. Had over uh, 1,800 hits, 140 home runs. Uh, played for the same team his entire career. Uh, I'm going second baseman, Dustin Pedroia. More, b- better known for wearing number 15. That's definitely chalk. Dustin Pedroia, that's chalk. He Come on now. He wore the number for 31 games already. But still, that, that name,
1: anybody that's watched baseball knows the name of Dustin Pedroya. That is that's absolute chalk.
0: Funny enough, Artie, David Ortiz, who hit behind Dustin Pedroya. Dustin Pedroia told this, this story at the David Ortiz roast that when they had played together for nine years and David Ortiz didn't know his name. Nine <laughs> no, years. That's yes. not true. That's yes. not true. Dustin Pedroia told not, that
1: story. That is not true. It's not true. Great it's not experience. like it's not like Dustin. It's not like Dustin Pedroia was a bat boy or one of the janitors. You are talking one of the best players on the team. There's no way they didn't talk, interact, know each other. That's not true. That's not a true story. There's hey, no that, way.
0: That's that's what he said. Go go watch it. it it's a it's a funny clip because he's like, yeah, David was like, why are they calling you? dustin why do they keep saying dustin that's not your name and he was like david that is my name
1: <laughs> so what do you think his name was
0: <laughs> i can't remember he said what he thought his name was but uh Awful. yeah Awful. david Rourke, I you
1: what, when you're as good as big poppy and as rich as big poppy i guess you don't need to know people's names so
0: for sure for sure Artie, you're 64 you got it jerry kramer yes the NFL Hall of Famer,
1: Hall of, Hall of Fame lineman. I'm continuing this string of- Big, big uglies. Guys, and I'm going to continue this string because I ain't got nobody else to talk about when it comes to these, these numbers. So Jerry Kramer, yes, he did play for the evil empire that is the Green Bay Packers. But you know historically, they are the better franchise than the franchise that I root for, so I can't hate. But um, Jerry Kramer, um, NFL Hall of Famer, played under the great uh, Vince Lombardi, was on those championship teams back in the 60s. Uh, so that is my 64 for the week. Shout out Jerry Kramer. So I've done Jason Kelsey. Who did I do after Jason Kelsey? I forgot who I did after Jason Kelsey.
0: Uh, you did Jeff Saturday. Jeff Saturday
1: and now Jerry Kramer. There we go. That's
0: a good one. Those, those are some good ones. All right, Artie. Uh, first things first, get it out of the way. The Boneyard Podcast is proud to be members of the Variety Sports Podcast Network. Uh, go check them out. Uh, some big news came down the pipe yesterday for the, the Variety Sports Network. Uh, so stay tuned. The Five Hole Podcast, uh, Hockey Podcast, coming, coming soon. Your boy's gonna, your boy's gonna take take a take a step at it, and, and we're we're gonna we're gonna see what happens with, with the Five Hole Podcast, a Hockey Pack Podcast. So if you're interested in the NHL, all things hockey, check it out. Uh, the five hole podcast. All right, Artie. Um, l- let's get into it. ECU cool. finally looked like a like a competent football team last week. Looked like a completely different team. Look, I know that they played Gardner Webb. Gardner Webb was a damn good team last year. Returned a lot of guys this year. I- I'm just gonna throw this out there. I mean, they they looked like they were playing on on the field with a vars- with a high school team. They did. They
1: did.
0: Like it looked like they were playing a high school team. And not like a good high school team. They looked like they were playing like my alma mater North Davidson High School. Uh, <laughs> which hey, North Davidson used to be pretty good. North,
1: North Davidson back in the day was pretty good,
0: though. North Davidson now it, it not so great. Um but yeah, already I, I I'll admit going into last week going into Saturday Saturday night I I was worried and then the boys came out and, and showed off and yes it was an FCS team but it was a full 60 minute onslaught beat down yeah of a team that is not as good as you that's make no bones about it that's what it was and it, it was a very fun time to be be a ECU part last weekend, seeing that being on being on the right side of that for once,
1: it was it was an absolute sigh of relief. I mean, that's that's first and foremost sigh of relief. You breathe, you breathe a little woo saw. Okay, whew, we do know how to win football games. Okay, cool. Like that's that's exactly what what that felt like. Obviously, yes. We like you said, we know we're playing an FCS opponent. We know we're playing garden Webb. But I'm gonna be honest with you. Like if anybody thought we were gonna be Gardner web 44 to zero, they they were lying to you. They were absolutely lying to you. No, I shot. thought that, that was going to be a closer game. I thought Gardner-Webb was going to give us some competition, some real good stiff competition. And like you said, I was nervous. I, I was absolutely nervous that not only Gardner-Webb was going to compete in that game, but kind of scare us towards the end and maybe try to sneak out of Greenville with a win. So the fact that we controlled all three phases, offense, special teams, defense, forced five turnovers, um, and we'll get into all that in here in a minute, but you know the, the fact that it was it was an absolute team win and it's just it's it builds the confidence right you know obviously we're in the stretch of our season now where this is sort of redemption mode and we we have some opportunities we have some chances against some teams that are not juggernauts that that are, that are not you know you know unbeatable unstoppable forces um and that's the kind of win that you need to kind of build some confidence three straight losses no matter who it's against is going to have you thinking okay what the hell is going on, right? So you need that kind of a dominant blowout kind of win that you had um, and to shut them out. I mean, even even an FCS opponent. I mean, I, I was extremely proud of the fact that they had a goose egg. I love that. I, I love seeing a lot to a little, and when the lot to a little is a goose egg, that is absolutely phenomenal. So, yeah, just, just shout out to the entire team, the entire coaching staff. We're not going to get too excited about this win. We're not, and we shouldn't. But it was absolutely needed, and it was a sigh of relief.
0: Yeah, that, that, that's the one thing that, kind of looking at it, look, going into Saturday night, I like I said earlier, I, I was not very confident in the, in this football team. I needed them to show me, I needed them to show me something, and I needed them to show me what they did end up showing me. Um, now, what I'll what I'll say is, do I feel confident going forward? I feel more confident seeing that they put that kind of game together look you played you played a your tough the tough schedule to start the start the season on the road for two games at raucous environments of Michigan and app state yeah play a good marshall team i mean yeah. your your opponents going into last weekend combined what 10 and two yeah, on the season. Yeah, we, we, um, we played good teams. We didn't play scrubs. We played very good teams. So, uh, so yeah, I mean that that's that's the thing that I'm looking at is okay. You're getting into a part of your schedule where is the competition still tough? Yes, but let's see what we can do going forward. I mean, it, it's it gave me a, a sigh of relief almost to be able to say, okay, we're going to be, I think we'll be okay. Do I think yeah. that we're going to be world beaters this year? No, but I think we're going to be okay. We're, we're going to do just fine. Um, so, Artie, let, let's run through some of these stats real quick. Sure. Um, Antoine Jackson, the 17-year-old, get, gets his first start, um, as well as Omar Rogers. Jeremy Lewis now has 25 consecutive starts. Um, big thing, kamaro Edmonds. Transferred from Carolina, originally committed to ECU, trans- committed then decommitted, committed to Carolina, transferred to ECU. Tallied his first career rushing touchdown uh, late in the fourth quarter. Love to see that. I know Donnie Kirkpatrick said some things about about Camaro, uh during the week, saying, I mean, just saying that, hey, he, he's somebody that can find the end zone. Love to hear that. Maybe maybe give him the ball some more. Um, ECU gets the 30 and three all time against FCS opponents. Yep. Sad thing is, is two of those losses came in the fairly recent uh past. Um I'm trying to think who would the third have been? You got JMU and AT. Josh, can can you look that up on, on the back end? Um and then, and then also, I mean Talking, talking about streaks. Already, ECU gets its first shutout in like some like two hundred and sixty some games. I believe I think it was like two sixty eight. Yeah. Don't uh, I? Don't say that. That's a factual number. Right. I, I'm going off of what I think it was. Um, first first shutout, and ECU hasn't been shut out in over three hundred and sixteen games. Three sixteen, baby, and counting. Dating back to nineteen ninety seven. Um, so yeah, I mean, lot, lots of good, um, last time, let's see, here, here's the one that stood out to me. Gardner Webb was the first ECU opponent since TCU, Texas Christian university to lose five fumbles in a game against, against the pirates. Yeah. That, that game was 253 games ago on, on November 23rd, 2002. Already, I didn't care nothing about football in two thousand two. I will tell you that. <laughs> wow, a long time ago. Uh, Gardner Webb had the seventh fewest yards in as an ECU opponent in history, with just a hundred and seven. I mean, that that that's crazy. Uh, so all and in all shut out, um, out Blake Harrell real quick.
1: Cause that man knows how to create a defense that can create turnovers. All right. 32 of the last 35 games have resulted in a turnover for our defense. Give Blake Harrell some love, all right? <laughs> get, get that man some love. That's all I'll say.
0: The, okay. So JMU seeing in the chat here, JMU, uh, and then A and T, and then back in 1980, Eastern Kentucky beat the Pirates 28 to 16. Uh, but 1980, that doesn't count. Um, crazy. Anything else already from the stats stand out to you? Yeah, I mean that 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 turnover one because I I didn't know that, so that
1: that's the one that stood out to me the most. Like we had you know, forced a turnover in that many games, um, kind of consecutively, so that was pretty awesome. And then yeah, I mean just just the extension of those streaks and shutting an opponent out scoreless. I mean it, it doesn't matter whether it's FBS or FCS. If anytime you can shut somebody out and just let them have a goose egg, you
0: did your thing. So it, it's hard to shut somebody out, especially when I mean ECU at one point had in their third string right. true freshman quarterback. Like like you like you know you're gonna win the game. You got your backups in, and that's usually when a when
1: a garbage time score happens. It's almost guaranteed. Right. I mean, so, look look at
0: ECU Michigan. That's when it happened. Yeah. So, um, very happy with the performance this week, Artie. All right. Uh, let's do good, bad, bad, and ugly. Lots of good this week. Uh, first shutout since September second, two thousand against the Blue Devils. Thirty uh, eight nothing. Big time win o- o- over the uh, <laughs> the Blue Devils. I see. I see the second bullet point in the notes, and I
1: just it just made me chuckle. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, hey, it, it's good.
1: It's it, it's good, but it's it should have been happened. So. Uh,
0: part Pirate, the parts committed fewer than ten penalties <laughs> for the first time this season. But if you look on the oh, flip man. side, Artie Gardner Webb only committed one. ECU still had five. Right, so I mean, we're still not we're still not winning, you know, the the penalty
1: battle, but a win is a win is a win. All right, we, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna develop that. We're gonna we're gonna get better on that, hopefully. So,
0: yeah, I mean, and then my third point: Mason Garcia, Alex Flynn, they were able to sling the rock a little bit. Granted, yeah. we're taking this whole game with a grain of salt. Right, playing Gardner Webb, an FCS team. Look, that FCS team hung in with App State week one. Put it out there. That That's that's exactly what happened. But ECU passed for 184 yards on, on 18 receptions. They went 18 for 32. I'm happy for, with that. And it could have been a lot more. Uh, I'll get to that in a second. Um, lastly, like I said, defense. They forced eight fumbles and recovered five. Yeah. And really, already, like, they were plus four in the turnover margin. You could make a case that ECU's lone fumble shouldn't have been called a fumble. He, he was out of bounds. Right. So, they should be plus five in, in the turnover battle uh, this past weekend. They only hold, they only, Gardner Webb only held, had, excuse me, it's late dad brain ECU only held Gardner Webb to 30 total passing yards. Wow. 30. That that's insane. And then lastly, the crowd, the Boneyard, the Shout out to them. Yeah, yeah, shout out shout
1: out to the Boneyard. I'm proud of y'all. I'm proud of y'all, y'all showed up. Y'all didn't have to show up. Y'all showed
0: up. Yeah. I mean, the Boneyard showed up. Um, honestly, great showing considering ECU got eight to nine inches of rain on game day. The parking lots were flooded. Yeah. Main reason I didn't go to the game Saturday. Every Like, Greenville was flooded. Everybody knows when it rains, it it floods in Greenville. Tar River rises, but uh, so, so do the Pirates to the occasion, Artie. The Pirates rise to the occasion and, and showed out. I mean, showed out. So, very happy to see that. It sucks that the first two games of the season at home have been, I mean, waterlogged. Right. We,
1: we haven't had a good Weather day for these
0: games. I, I, I honestly feel like I'm watching a damn college baseball regional. But what do you, what do you got to make of it? Um, all in all, that, that, that's the good. A- any bad? Did you have any bad? Bad? Uh, not really. Uh, you can't really say any bad when you,
1: when you beat somebody 44 to zero. Um, so I, I don't really have anything bad to take away from this game, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah. I mean, the only, the only bad, and I'll, uh, I just wanted to have something in here so it's not really that terrible. Uh, the biggest the biggest bad for me w- was we were still dropping passes. Wide open still dropping passes. Hey, I get it it's raining. But you there's there's some passes that you hey, look, just have to make.
1: Jared, look, look it's 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 D1 football baby. This this big boy football. Rain, um, snow, shine, don't matter. We expect you to catch football. Period. Yeah, that's that's what the coach is going to say. Coach is not going to feel sorry for you because you because you dropped pass in the ring. You playing D one football. We expect you to catch that. So
0: exactly. I mean, yeah, it's all in all. I, I'm I'm very happy with with the game. Uh, ugly, not too much ugly. Uh, I guess you could say that the two, three, and outs that ECU had. Was was ugly, but I mean, Which, if we we held out. Michigan to a th- we held Michigan to a couple three and outs. It if, happens
1: if we only have two three and outs every single game. I'm we're probably going undefeated.
0: Donnie Kirkpatrick's going to sign a lifetime contract.
1: Donnie K is one of the best offensive coordinators in the country. If we only have two three and outs a game, so
0: and it doesn't matter the opponent. Yeah, I mean, you have a couple plays where you okay, you make a bad pass, okay. Somebody drops a pass. Okay, you run it up the middle. DK special. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. And then uh, I I I wouldn't even say this is ugly. Gardner Webb didn't want to score in the second half. Josh was having fun with these notes. Uh, played a freshman, not the number two quarterback, Jalen King, the entire second half. So they were trying to
1: figure some things out. That's what that was. Hey, like, we didn't, we don't, we, 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 we probably lost this one. We're going to try to figure some things out here in the second half going to next week, with some confidence.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, um, Artie, your biggest takeaway from, from this game.
1: Biggest takeaway is this is exactly what we needed out of this result, right? We're not going to get too excited not going to get too amped up or hyped up about this, but this is exactly what needed to happen, um, you know, it's it's not a win that we thought we were going to see. We did not expect or think that we were going to see ECU win 44 to zero. So it's absolutely, you know, I'm absolutely ecstatic to know that, you know, we came out here and we handled business against somebody that we were supposed to handle business against and absolutely had our way, even in the conditions. So my biggest takeaway is now let's build off of this momentum. Let's use this. We got rice coming up. Rice is not, a slouch we're going to get into rice here you know in the next few minutes absolutely not a slouch it's not going to be an easy game try to go in and win um still got charlotte on the horizon got smu on the horizon uh but these next three games right i mean this is there's an, there's opportunity there. there there's definitely opportunity in these next three and we're sitting at one and three and we have opportunity so i want to see if we can actually build off of this momentum going into what's going to be a tough stretch in the last four games
0: yeah i mean already to be honest with you if you told me, hey, you start the season two and three. Two and three sounds a lot better than 0 and three. <laughs> and it, yeah, I'm, I'm probably disappointed, but OK, we we we, we dropped a game here or there. The first three games we knew were kind of going to be a toss up. They weren't really a toss up, but they were they were closer than what I think the box, box score showed um, already. Let let me ask you. With the first win of the week, yeah, bad to the bone player of the week. Do you have one? Do you, is there somebody that stood out to you? Ooh, I mean, I, I really want to give it
1: to that whole defense. To be honest with you, if if I, like I, I would like you to, to single out the entire defensive unit. <laughs> That's my bat to the bone player of the week. The offense did that thing, but they weren't, they weren't, you know, like special or anything. They just, they just did what they needed to do. That, I mean, that that defense, that entire defense showing up forcing those five turnovers, uh, could have had more, could have had eight, but they wanted to have eight, right, in a single game, which is absolutely absurd. Five in a game is absurd. Um, but just the way they continue to me to get better. They continue to grow, get better, gang tackle, show up, tenacity, grit. I want to – I, I just want to take the life out of you. That's what I want to see out of my defense. I, I don't want to see finesse out of my defense. Not necessarily. Maybe something from my, from my secondary every now and then. But really what I want to see from my defense is I am going to outgrind you. I'm going to outwork you. And I'm going to enforce my will upon you. And there's nothing you can do about it. Period. And that's and that's what I'm seeing from this ECU defense. So my bad to the bone player of the week is the entire defensive unit.
0: Yeah, for sure. My, I, I thought about going that way. Um, I'm going to go on the offense. Uh, Javius Bond, I, I think, I mean, we've talked about him the past couple weeks. He's shown glimpses of, of, of being kind of that breakout guy. Yeah. Uh. Well, this week, he was that guy. I mean, talk, talking about him, Artie, you got something? No, no, go go ahead. I'm I'm, I'm
1: just going to add something to it when you when
0: you finish. Yeah, I mean, going 65 yards on nine carries, seven seven point two a, a carry. I mean, a touchdown had a long of 18. I mean, I don't think coming into this game, ECU had a rush of over 15 yards. They had two in, in this game against Gardner Webb. Uh, Rajay Harris, the really the whole running back room looked great. Right, Rajay Harris got it started early. Had 16 carries, 64 yards. I think after after they started putting the screws to him, uh, I, I think Coach Houston, Coach Kirkpatrick, and staff were like, "Hey, let let's maybe, let's maybe pull him back a little bit." Um, so all in all, running back room, but highlight JVS Bond. Yeah,
1: and I was also just going to add to that Raheem Jeter. My man got some burn this past weekend. So shout out, shout out to Jeter going into the game, getting some burn. Let a uh, touchdown drive out there. So shout out, shout out to Jeter. The future of that quarterback room.
0: Green. No, he, I was about to say Greensboro kid, but he's not a Greensboro kid. Yeah, no. Nah. Mm. he He's from Spartanburg, I believe, South Carolina. Uh, Artie, take a guess at what. Raheem Jeter's QBR is right now. Oh man, I mean, it's I low. Mean. It's 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 low. But is, is it low? Yeah, I mean he he was one for two on passes, had a half a yard pass. <laughs>
1: That's all right. He just needs some game experience. I don't know what is what is like a like a like a like a five like a ten QBR. I, I
0: don't know. Two point five. Two point five. Jeez. And honestly, Artie. Mason Garcia was 9 for 12 with 89 yards and ha- had a, the highest QBR on the team. Not to mention he had a rushing touchdown and uh, rushed for 18 yards on, on six carries. So, hey, not not blowing anybody out by any means, but love to see that. Absolutely. get Get the young kids some confidence. All right, let, let, let's talk a little bit about Rice. Let's do it. Last year went five and eight, three and five in, in Conference USA. They were four and two in Houston last week or last year, uh, at home. So this year so far, they're, they're two and two, oh, and one in the conference, two and zero oh at home. Uh, 43 to 41 win in overtime against Houston, and 49 to seven win versus FCS Texas Southern. Uh, this will be the Pirates 922nd Sorry, EC's contest against Rice will be the Pirates 922nd since the start of, of football in 1932. They're currently 463 and 447 with 11 ties. That's good for a .509 win percentage. Okay. Did you know that?
1: I did not know that. I I did, I did not know what our all-time record was as a program or what our winning percentage was as a program, so that's that's a good little tidbit to know. 0. 0.509, though. I don't really. I don't. I don't. I mean, that, that's that's exactly fifty percent. I don't like that. We got to get that. I mean,
0: it's fifty one percent.
1: I mean, I'm gonna say fifty. That 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 that's fifty percent. <laughs> we
0: we round up here at the Boneyard hey, Podcast.
1: Curious. Whether you got a fifty or a fifty one on the test, the F is still the same. So,
0: not they round. Oh. <laughs> uh. Not if there's a curve, Artie,
1: um, <laughs> I lived up the curve.
0: Yeah, I know you did. Uh, Mike Bloomgren entering his sixth season as the head coach at Rice. He's eighteen and forty-one all time. Um, th- this is going to be Rice's second game in in the conference play since joining the American. Um, overall, Artie, what what are your thoughts going into Rice? This
1: honestly feels like a much different Rice team, right? Like, you know, in the years past, you just circle this as a W, truthfully. No, 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 no shade, no hate, no disrespect. You would just circle this as a W. It's Rice, not going to give us much, much pushback, much competition. This doesn't feel like a circle, circle as a W kind of, kind of game. You know, Rice, Rice feels different. They got that overtime victory against Houston, They're undefeated at home. Right now, um, looking at their other games, I know they lost to Texas 37 to 10. That's a respectable loss to a top three team in the country. Um, Their other loss was it was this past weekend. South Florida, South Florida. So I mean, South Florida is honestly the shocker of the American Conference so far. They they hung with Alabama, had a chance to beat Alabama in South Florida, which you know their their fans are absolutely obnoxious and they're all 13 of them. Entity in, in its own right, but this is you know this is a challenge for ECU. ECU is going to go to Houston to have challenge. This is not going to be an easy game for us. We I don't I don't know her favorite. And, and you know, if we are probably not by much. Um,
0: no, no, we're we're right now a three and a half point dog, which so. makes sense,
1: honestly. I mean, we're
0: going to Houston, they're undefeated, they're two and
1: two, they got a better record than we do. It makes sense that we're a three and a half dog, to be completely honest with you. So this is going to be a a, a challenge, unlike it would have been in years past, going into rice.
0: Yeah, already um I, I couldn't have said it any better. I mean Rice has shown that hey we can compete. I there's a lot of there's a lot of teams this year in the American that are very similar. Right? Like, yeah, you've got some teams that are two and two. You've got I think three teams are three and one. A lot of teams are two and two and a lot of teams are one and three. Yeah, America's not looking too hot. And but with that being said, I, I think the American has played a fairly tough schedule to start right. the season. I mean, probably tougher than than most other conferences, G five conferences. Um and what I'll say about that is I mean look at it, I mean, Tulsa played Oklahoma and Washington in back to back weeks. Right? Uh Tulane their only loss is to Ole Miss, who had Alabama on the ropes for a while on Saturday. And, man, Alabama doesn't look great. I'll just say that right now. Well, they, they got a quarterback problem. So, anytime you got a quarterback problem,
1: Jared, you're not going to look that great. So,
0: I wonder where that sounds familiar from. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, all in all, the, I mean, the Americans played a, a tough schedule, right? And I look at these teams, and a lot of them have played in games like ECU has played in. And I'm, I look around the conference, and I'm like, maybe it's not so bad. Yeah. Right? Like, maybe, yeah, the conference plays t- a tough schedule. But maybe it's not so bad here in Greenville. We'll find out this week. We'll find out this week. They just uh, they just dropped the uniforms already. I don't know if you saw that. Fire. ECU going with the the – White helmet, white tops, and uh, fire. gold pants. Love yeah. it. God, we got to get I, a gold helmet.
1: I, I think both teams are actually going to have fire uniforms
0: in this match. This, this yeah. might be one of the better uniform matchups of the weekend. They, these, I don't know. I don't, I'm not. I'm not so excited about like the powder blues or, or whatever that that Rice is going to wear with uh, the gold pants against ECU. I, I think that's going to. Clash a little bit, it, but, it's gonna clash, but individually, yeah. Teams, teams are gonna look, gonna look fine, yeah, yeah. So. I mean, Rice going with uh, for the second year in a row, going with the the Houston themed logo or Houston themed jerseys, uh, an ode to the Oilers, Houston Oilers. So, yeah, I, look, I'm it's gonna be a fun one on, on Saturday. Come, I think, what I think, seven o'clock, gonna be a late one,
1: late kick. Late kick comes Saturday. That
0: that's bedtime. That's, that's I'll let bedtime. you. I'll probably watch
1: that one. Well, you know, we'll we'll see. I'll probably be somewhere at this reception. But I'm I'm gonna see if I can if I can sneak this in.
0: Mm-mm-mm. Watch
1: the game on my phone. I got I got ESPN Plus on the phone. It won't be that hard.
0: You you really need to watch it. Hey, I mean, I I got caught watching watching ECU Old Dominion on uh, was it Old Dominion? Yeah, I think it was ECU old Dominion on my on my wedding night. ECU went on a walk-off field goal uh September 29th,
1: 2018. Hey, look, I would I would be doing the exact same thing.
0: Hey, I mean you got okay. you got to. You got to. Um, let's see here. Oh, one second. I I uh I see what we did here. Uh Give me a second. We're, we're going to have Matthew Bartlett on, on the podcast. Um, Matthew is the host or the managing editor of The Roost covering Rice Sports. Nice. So we're, we're, we're he's having some technical difficulties joining. Um, Give get we'll me a once. On. We'll get him on. We'll get him on in just a second. But, Artie, let, let's keep talking about, about ECU and, and the path forward. After this game against, after this game against uh, against Rice.
1: Yeah, it, it's it's Rice and then. I
0: know you we have, have an Charlotte. off week. Then then Charlotte. So it's Rice off week then Charlotte. No, no Rice off week SMU. Thursday night against SMU. SMU,
1: yep. Then Charlotte, and then we get kind of to the gauntlet of it with you know what you know UTSA isn't as scary as we thought. So I mean, really, these next four games, there's opportunity there. There's, there's absolutely opportunity in, the, in these next four games.
0: Yeah, I mean, there, there's plenty of opportunity um, in, in these next four games. So I, I really hope, Artie, that that ECU can really find find a way to to get a couple string a couple more wins together. If you if ECU gets to three and three, how you how are you feeling? I mean,
1: if ECU gets to three and three, season starts over. At that point, we 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 can still make a bowl game. If we're sitting at three and three, I say we can still make a bowl game. We can still get to six and six. I, and I and I would say that we and that's what I predicted: ECU to go six and six. But if we if we if we can win, you know, these next two, especially one against SMU, a team that I know we're going to be highly, you know, favored to be underdogs against. Um. Yeah, I mean, we can still make a bowl game, which is still a season salvage, which is still nothing to hang your hat on, or or to you know hang your hang your head low on. So, I don't think we go three and three. I I think we're sitting at two and four, but
0: we'll see. Yeah i I would love to be two and three or three and three. Excuse me. Um, I would love to be that. Love nothing more than that. So, um. Yeah. It, it it's gonna be it's gonna be fun down the stretch, Artie. Look, we, we could we could definitely be sitting in in a, a good spot uh come come two weeks. You just you just gotta do what you just gotta do your job, right? Just gotta do your job. That's that's all I'm asking. One
1: and no every week, right? It's 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 a one and no mentality. Every week, and I think we, we you, you do find kind of solace in knowing that we might have played our best competition of the season already. Right? You know, your first three games might have been the best competition that you're going to see. That's no shot at anybody on our schedule because we do still have some really good teams on our schedule. But the first three games, Michigan, Marshall, App State, you're going to assume that all three of those teams are going bowling. You're going to assume that one of those teams might even be a national champion at it when it's all sitting down at, at the end of the year. So you can. Relatively, say it's not. You know, you're not going out on a limb if you're saying, well, the first three weeks are going to be the hardest weeks that we, that we're going to have all season, and 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 it's kind of going downhill from there. We'll be able to kind of slow the game down and really be able to process things where we want to. So definitely a lot of upside.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right, and uh, we we got Matthew backstage, so we're we're gonna bring him on the Boneyard Podcast. Matthew Bartlett, managing editor of the Roost. Matthew, welcome to the Boneyard Podcast. How's how's it going, my friend? Hey guys, it's going well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, sorry about that. I don't I don't know what got mixed up in, in that email. One I guess one of our links got mixed up. I don't know. Um so apologies for that. Thank you for uh working with us and, and coming on. Uh how, how's everything going down there in Houston? Yeah, we're here now. That's what matters. <laughs> that- that's for sure. Um, Matthew, just gonna come off off the hop. I mean, JT Daniels goes down last week. Looks honestly pretty bad at at one point. Guy's been everywhere. Uh, what, what what's going on with with JT? Is he gonna be able to play this weekend? Well,
2: that's the million dollar question, right? Um, as of right now, we went through, um. Some optimism that he potentially might have been able to go back in on Saturday against USF. Coaching staff decided to hold him out. Uh, didn't participate in practice during the week so far. But talked to Bloomgren today, and he said, st- still said he's pretty confident that he's going to be able to go and is going to give it a good shot. I think, you know, honestly, you're talking about a guy who this is his chance that he's been waiting for. Bounced around and, and has gotten a starting job and is is doing pretty well. If he can go. He's going to try, even if that's on one leg. And honestly, from what we've seen so far, JT Daniels on one leg might be better than most quarterbacks in the country.
1: Yeah, and, you know, Matthew, kind of continuing on JT Daniels, right? I mean, this is a journeyman quarterback. I mean, he's a guy that's been everywhere. It feels like he's been playing college football for 30 years at at this point. Um, But why Rice? Why why, Why do you guys believe he made that decision to come to Rice and want to finish his collegiate career out?
2: I mean, it's really simple. Mike Bloomgren recruited him when he was in the eighth grade in California. So the relationship between coach and quarterback has gone on for uh, a dozen years, something like that. At this point, Bloomgren was first to offer him. That was Bloomgren's first offer of the class when he was at Stanford. And uh, every time JT Daniels has entered the portal since – uh, Bloomgren has been one of the first calls. So when he left, uh, USC to Georgia, Georgia, to West Virginia, West Virginia into the portal again, uh, Bloomgren went to met up with him and gave his pinch one more time. And finally, you know, kind of, it just, it made sense and it matched up. So had it not been for Mike Bloomgren in that relationship, he would not be at rice. And uh, because of that rice fans, and from what people have seen so far, I uh, got a pretty exceptional quarterback at a place that usually doesn't get those of of quite this caliber
0: now it it looks like rice i mean fairly pass heavy offense uh, i I believe still averaging what 80 yards per game on the ground tell us a little bit about how how we'll see this offense kind of come out on on saturday well that's been kind of the opposite of where things have
2: been so we're still kind of feeling out what this offense looks like pre JT. This was a team that was really committed to running the ball and and they still want to, it just hasn't been very effective this year. So they said, okay, if we can't run, we'll throw. So I think that's going to depend on what we see from JT um, how able he is, how much he can go. If he is in and all things are firing like normal, I think you'll see a very pass happy offense again, but I do think, you know, they'll probably have to see a couple things. Cause even though Bloomgren has said we're okay uh, leaning to the air, if we have to, you know, a former online coach wants to be able to run the ball, so you're going to have to see some creativity, a couple things thrown in there to get the running game going. So, yeah, I think it'll be pass heavy, especially if JT's out there, and you'll try and see where they can mix in a enough run to hopefully keep the defense honest.
1: And you know, Matthew, talking about this Rice program as as a whole, right? I mean, this is obviously a program um, that is trying to build something, trying to get better um you know in years past you know this is not a program that a lot of teams have been scared to play against it's not a you know kind of a program that you, you know do you think circle a win against maybe uh but it doesn't feel like that anymore right this this, this rice program kind of feels like it's kind of taking a turn turning a new leaf t- turning a new page is that just bloom and what he's brought this program or is going on and how do you feel about this rice program going forward well
2: i mean first off if Y'all told me, circle your calendars, September 28th, the only AAC team with a Power 5 win would be Rice. I'm guessing not many people would have had that on their bingo cards, so that's a a surprise for some. I guess everybody outside of the Patterson Center at at Rice. It's been interesting with Bloomgren since he's got here, since he has now signed his three of his past four classes have been the highest-rated recruiting class in program history. So the talent on this roster is quite literally better then it's been at least in the recruiting era. Rice had some some really good teams back in the day, but recruiting era at least it's a, it's a talented roster. You got a talented quarterback. They've progressively built from one, two, three, five wins last year in a bowl trip. So it's the progression uh, has been incremental. It's been slow. It's been frustrating at times. But getting the Houston win. And just having JT, everything kind of working well with the offense, it kind of feels like the program is kind of taking that step. And and you're right. The team that was the doormat, at least, is now going to be competitive in every game they play in a conference that's at a higher level than they've been at in quite some time.
0: For sure. And talking about like this team, the the recruiting classes, tell me so what maybe what's the maybe biggest strength of this team? And, And then on the flip side, what would you say is like the biggest weakness of, of this Rice Al team?
2: I mean, from a talent perspective, it's it's pretty lined up with what we've seen so far this season, right? The the passing game with JT Daniels and Luke McCaffrey, that connection. McCaffrey, even after JT went out into the, the third quarter last week, finished with 199 receiving yards, and it's just racking up yards and touchdowns and, you know, a couple highlight real plays a week. So that's that's really special. Uh, those two kind of are the, uh, you know, the, the st- straw that stirs the drink on offense. On defense, the strength is definitely the defensive line in the pass rush for what we've seen so far. Josh Piercy, Coleman Coco to Carroll, Isaiah Floyd, Blake Banish. They just have so many guys that they can rotate in there and can be effective and get to the quarterback. Uh, the downside is, as you know, we saw last week against USF, when you don't get to the quarterback, the secondary has had some concerns and they kind of been exposed at times, granted, by a, a couple of talented offenses as well. So on, on the
1: whole, I think a lot of
2: things to be pretty happy about.
1: Yeah. And, you know, this this matchup kind of feels like, you know, a pretty good offense in Rice going up against a pretty good defense in ECU. What are some things offensively that Rice could do to kind of frustrate a pretty good front seven that ECU was bringing to Houston?
2: Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting because one of the things that that Daniels has been... So good at so far is playing the quarterback position and to the point where, you know, stepping up in the pocket, uh, showing enough mobility in the pocket to extend plays and find guys downfield, Uh, whether it's him or if they they bring somebody else. in, I I think the ability to extend that play and and test an ECU secondary, you know, that's been up and down, probably fair to say so far this season. I think that's kind of where it's going to be, because if the running game doesn't get going, they'd love that to happen. You're going to have to have a quarterback make plays. And sometimes that's the difference.
0: For sure. For sure. Yeah, and just just want to kinda talk about, I mean, coach uh coach Holmgren is, is on or Bloomgren, sorry, I don't, I don't know where Holmgren came from.
2: <laughs> I was coach, about to say that's a
0: different guy. <laughs> uh coach hey, I I have a, I was saying earlier, I have a five month old daughter, not not getting much. Um I think that's the second time I've messed up today. And I, both times I think I caught myself. Uh, first time but uh bloomgren uh in his sixth season he offensive former offensive line coach came from florida state uh, or went to florida state um in college tell us a little bit about him kind of his story i mean he was the oc and the brains behind the
2: stanford offense uh, under andrew luck and he produced you know uh all those great running backs that, you know, have made Stanford famous at this point, you got uh, Christian McCaffrey and Bryce love and uh, Toby Gerhardt. I mean, there's the list goes on and on all these guys that, you know, had a, had a pretty good run in the league. So that's kind of where he cut his chops, got the job at rice. And what I think is really interesting about Bloomgren is something that I don't think we see in modern college football nowadays, because he got hired and he has not had a, a, 500 record yet and he's still here at, at Rice. He's been given patience to build a program and and through that process, we've kind of seen him grow and develop and learn and pivot to the point where, you know, a run heavy team becomes a pass heavy team. And, and he's kind of built the talent around him. So I think what's, what's most interesting about him is kind of a, just a, maybe a countercultural move in the sport today is like, Hey, if you give a guy time, if you give a guy resources, what can happen? And I think that's why I think this year is so interesting to watch that. Yeah, it took a while to get here, but if he can get things going, then, you know, maybe it was worth it.
1: You know, Matthew, I, I kind of want to ask you a, a fun question here because we were talking about this earlier, but I want to ask you about the unis that, that Rice is kind of wearing this weekend because it kind of feels like a, a really good matchup of uniforms. ECU is kind of going with their their classic uniforms and Rice is, you know, doing the, the throwback to the Oilers. Uh, so kind of what went into that and why they want to do it this week against ECU coming to Houston.
2: So I know that this was in the works for, for quite a while, and I know actually Rice and Houston were both talking about this going into – the offseason and so Houston had their shot. They did it, I believe they wore it in week two, I don't remember which game that was that they did it. And then Rice gets their turn. And uh, you know, with the vic- the victory over Houston, I guess claims the right to wear the uh, powder blues. So people are pretty excited about that. And yeah, I mean ECU's man, the purple, they got some great uniforms. So I'm 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 all for it. I think it's gonna be a fun one this week. And Rice has kind of st- Stuck pretty close to home on some of their uniforms, but the past couple of years they've uh, had a good one here and there. Their space one last year was fantastic, and the yeah. uh, the baby blues this year looks great too. So I'm all for it.
0: Yeah I, I i I could sit and talk uniforms all day long. Let Let me ask you, and and you can say I I don't want to answer that. Who would you say has the worst uniforms in the conference? I I think I, I have my opinion. <laughs> Oh, in the
2: conference. Let's Ooh. see. I got to familiarize. Who else is on the docket now? Um, uh, I, you could say I'm like, not like a temple. I'm looking at the list here. Temple. Uh, yeah, the temple, temple it's color, weird. it's kind of rough. I don't know if I'm the on one. that. Charlotte's, I'm not. Yeah. Uh, the gold and green, yeah. I just it doesn't work for me tulsa at least like the lighter green like uib with the darker green that kind of works mm. tulsa we just got a red a lot of red and blue actually that's the problem maybe it's just so much red
0: and blue uh it's mm. the gold helmets that i hate they're gold helmets that tulsa rocks tulsa oh no just just
2: a... i could go i if i'm gonna be honest i don't like tiger stripes so the memphis mm. blue with the shoulders okay i'm okay. out uh, yeah i don't like it their helmets feels, feels kind of gimmicky
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm. I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. I'm still I, I know. Like, this is very bland. I, I'm gonna go
0: Tulsa. I, I'm going Tulsa. I I've always thought that they just look like a high school team out there. They used to run out that quarterback Goldilocks, the guy had Goldilocks, I, I don't know his actual name. Uh felt like he was there for fifteen years at Tulsa. So
2: it's probably better that way.
0: Yeah. Um so I, I know th- there's going to be a, a decent contingent of pirates. Uh, th- there's already a decent contingent of pirates in, in Houston. Feel like a lot of a lot of people are traveling down to Houston this this uh, weekend. Anything? Any recommendations for for any of our listeners that may be coming to coming to Houston?
2: I mean, one of the nice things about Rice and, and where it's located and being in Houston is you're already so close to everything. So uh, my recommendation is, I mean, you can, a couple blocks from the stadium, walk over, uh, explore Rice Village. You got all your shops and places to eat. You can go get your 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 local joints. You can go get your chains restaurants, get you a, a hop daddy, some tacos. I'm sure there's uh, some folks from the, the carolinas that could go for some tacos so uh, there's a lot over there right right by campus so you, you can't go wrong check out that place absolutely i guess what well, we got a late game so go grab lunch and then walk
0: over for sure and i mean we all know that i mean rice is a top university in the country when it comes to academics What what's the tailgate scene Any, anything like that going on before the game I, they've actually kind of amped it up i think this is one of the cooler things
2: that they've started doing with the move to the american they have uh, have a tailgate owly. yes pun off the owl uh, <laughs> right behind the stadium i know it just you, you cringe a little bit but then you just embrace it uh, it's good so they have they'll have uh, some live music going on right behind the stadium that you can go ahead and check and listen to. I, I believe it's a craft beer festival this weekend, which you can't go wrong with. So yeah. uh, right by the stadium, they'll take care of it. You, you'll be all right.
0: For sure. Uh, Artie, any, any other questions, Any anything else that you feel like we need to talk about? I didn't have any other well, questions. I, can I jump on y'all? I want to get kind
2: of your, your perspective because as I, I know you all been living in an ECU world for a while. What's kind of the, uh, the thoughts on, on, on where this matchup is with rice. Cause I, I think it's pretty interesting. you got a new team, not a historic power kind of looks like they're punching above their belt. And then you got ECU sitting at one and three kind of what's at stake for, for the pirates in this game. What what are the, what are the, the temp- temperature on each
0: side? Uh, we, we were actually just talking about this before, before you hopped on it. It's, it's one of those things where ECU is ECU fans are are not happy right now a, a lot of a lot of fans are uh feeling pretty down in the dumps uh and and rightfully so the offense has been abysmal at times and they they this is i mean you got to remember this this is a program that 10 years ago we we had Shane Carden and Justin Hardy slinging it all over the place under Lincoln Riley right so you you think about that and you think about, okay, well, what, what are we, what are we doing here? When going through three games, I think ECU had three offensive touchdowns and two defensive touchdowns in in the first three games. So that's, this isn't an ECU style team that that most pirates are are used to watching. Um, Yeah. I mean, it, a lot of pirate fans are looking at this and saying this is a must win. And that—that's nothing. That's nothing against. I yeah, know it's interesting. Rice. I've heard
2: I've heard similar things from the Rice contingent.
0: A, a lot of pressure on a Week Five game. Yeah, I, this is <laughs> honestly I, I haven't looked at the full slate for the, for the American, but I mean overall th- this might be the game of the weekend in, in the American Conference, uh, just because you got two teams that are that are going to fight it out, and I, I think the the confidence boost from last week may help out ecu a little bit they look you got two fairly inexperienced quarterbacks you got a fairly kind of put together front or offensive line which i mean the offensive line is not that great yeah. for ecu um so overall it's like they they got to figure it out and and everybody wants them to figure out sooner rather than later
1: next week yeah <laughs> now, it's, it's- it's absolutely a must win for ECU in this game. When you, when you put yourself on eight ball, 0-3, and, um, and your only win right now is against an FCS opponent, and you have an issue that Rice doesn't have, which is a quarterback issue, which is what we still have currently, um, that we're still trying to figure out, it's absolutely a must win. You know, So so 2-3, and three, you, you feel a whole lot better leaving Houston at 2-3 and three than you do 1-4, and four, and you're almost packing in the season. So it's absolutely a must win for ECU this weekend.
0: Now, one question that I didn't ask you and that I, I like to – typically ask is from an outsider's perspective east carolina university we all kind of we all think that hey we we want something more than than what we've got um what's an outsider's perspective of, of ecu
2: i think it's just it when i think about ecu i you know i think back to the old conference usa days and the lincoln riley those high flying offenses the points things like that that's just kind of what I what I can do. That's actually one of the interesting things about Rice moving to the American is they were everyone's excited when you make the jump up right in conference realignment and you don't get left behind. But but for Rice fans, it's the fact that like, hey, we get to go play all these programs, you know, like SMU for a year. Maybe. But uh, you know, Navy and East Carolina and you know, these programs that you know were in conference USA or the, with the whack or had some familiarity. So getting to see ECU on the schedule, uh, I know Rush fans were, were pretty excited about it. It's it's good to have that game back. Yeah. For the uniforms, if nothing
0: else. Facts. <laughs> you gotta love it. Uh Matthew, thank you again for joining us on the Boneyard podcast. Sorry that there was some uh technical difficulties on our end, but uh go ahead and plug where everybody can find you and and, and the roost.
2: Yeah. At theroost.com. We're on all social media, whatever we're calling Twitter X these days, whatever that is. So we'll be there, uh, recapping the game, talking about it. Uh, you know, we'll had a a live stream up on YouTube as well, so you can find us anywhere. And, uh, you know, we're excited. Thanks for having us on. And, uh, we're ready for hopefully a, a good football game this weekend.
0: Yeah, for sure. Looking forward to it. Um, Yeah, really excited to have this matchup. And and, uh, good luck going forward after this weekend. (laughs) Sweet. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it, Matthew. Thank you. Once again, that was Matthew Bartlett from The Roost. Uh, Artie, your your thoughts on, on, on talking to Matthew?
1: Yeah, um, you know, it, it was as expected, right? And 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 this is definitely a matchup. I, I think both sides are feeling pretty good going to this weekend, and they should. Rice Rice should feel pretty good about where they are, uh, with their chances at winning a game against East Carolina at home. And I think ECU should feel good about going to Houston and trying to, you know, trying to get one on the road. I think this is gonna be a really good game. I, I, I do. We're not we're not beating Rice forty four zero like we did last week. So, you know, this this is this is gonna be uh, this is going to be a good game and and this is definitely going to be one that we have to earn. We have to, we have to fight, scratch and claw our way out, but I'm excited. I'm excited to see ECU playing an opponent that is also kind of with their back against the wall, not just as a team, but as a program, you know, historically Rice is really out trying to prove something, trying to, trying to turn a, turn a, turn a new page and, and show everybody. We're not just an academic school, right? We can play football too. We can hang with some of these guys, you know, we're trying to turn, turn the lead. So I'm excited to see you actually play somebody with, you know, the same kind of mindset that we're probably going to have. Like it's, it's a must win mentality. So.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, Artie, let's, uh, let's move along. Let's move along. Start wrapping this thing up. Uh, walk the plank. Do you ever walk the plank? No, I ain't going to walk to plank. I ain't mad at nobody,
1: man. I ain't mad at nobody lately, man. Sports has been kind of boring. The last, the last, you know, few weeks. I ain't mad at nobody. Mm. I will say, I, I'll say this. If I had to give a walk the plank, I guess. Well, no, I, I can't even say them because they kind of, they kind of won the. I won't say they won the trade, but you know, it wasn't wasn't a bad move on their part. I was gonna say Portland Trailblazers for you up Damian Lillard, but that was inevitable. That was gonna happen anyway. So, but outside yeah. that, I ain't got no, I ain't got no walk the plank.
0: All right, um, mine. It I think it happened last night today. Kurt Schilling. you know who Kurt Schilling is? Yes, I do. So Kurt Schilling has a podcast, and on that podcast he he made an announcement about one of his former teammates, uh, Knuckleballer, another Boston Red Sox. Uh, Tim Wakefield, mm-hmm. and basically shared a bunch of personal information about Tim and his wife. I believe her name's Stacy. Not uh, airing that man's dirty laundry out there. And it's not dirty laundry. He he talked about his health, and, and Tim Wakefield ha, has, uh, apparently he I believe he and his wife both have cancer.
1: Oh wow!
0: Right now, and uh, yeah, that, it, that still wasn't it,
1: his place to say that. Yeah,
0: no. So and look, we're not going to get political. I have nothing against Kurt Schilling. I, I'm. I believe in free speech. Say whatever you want to, but when you air somebody's dirty laundry or not dirty laundry, like I said, but air somebody's like personal news, that that's not yours to share. So, um, Kurt Schilling, walk the damn plank. Uh, also MLB umpires, uh, walk the damn plank because the Cubs last night scored a run against the Braves on a on a foul ball that. Shouldn't have been called like a pass ball. What, Artie? No, I
1: actually, I actually do have a water plant. What is it? The Chicago Bears. The Bears. They fucking suck. The Bears. Fire, fire the general manager. Fire the president. Probably gotta get rid of the quarterback Matt Eberflus. What the hell is he doing? Everybody's gotta go. This is this is an absolute clusterfuck. And I've never seen anything worse than what this organization is right now. The defensive coordinator got fired or left for some weird reason because he was doing some sort of misconduct and nobody wants to speak on the Chicago bears are an absolute dumpster fire. I love my team so much, but they are an embarrassment. Absolute embarrassment. So yeah, they, they can walk the plank right now.
0: For sure. And then I want to give a quick shout out. ECU women's soccer beats USF to nothing uh, in Tampa. Look, ECU women's soccer looking pretty good. Uh, I'm I'm really happy with how this team looks. Um, all right, Artie. Let's see what else we got. Uh, I think we just got gambling corner. So it's gambling corner, man. You know what time it is. All right let, let let's get into it. All right, um, uh, Artie, first up. Ooh, huge SEC matchup. Kentucky's 4-0 going into this game. Florida beat Tennessee. Either can sc- secure their top shot at uh at Georgia later this season for the SEC be- East bid. Uh wh- how you feeling? I mean, Kentucky's a 1 point favorite at home. Uh over/under is 44.
1: Yeah, this this game is in Kentucky, which means a lot. That's that's huge. This was in Gainesville. Ugh. This is this is in Kentucky. Look, I, I want to see them get over the hump. They've been really good the last couple of years, but they haven't actually gotten over the hump, haven't gotten to an SEC championship game. They are going to get to one this year because they got got to go through Georgia, and that ain't happening. But I would like to see them at least put themselves in a position to play a Georgia for a chance to get into the SEC title game. I'd love to see a team like Kentucky try to you know, get over that hump, get over that hurdle. Uh, so give me Kentucky. I, I think they're at home. They're 4-0. They're riding high. They got the momentum. Florida's good. Florida's no scrub. Uh, but they're beatable. Uh, good teams can beat Florida. They proved that week
0: one against Utah. So, give me Kentucky in this one. All right. Um, next, we'll go uh, – we'll follow College Game Day next uh, on the list. Notre Dame, second week in a row that, that they're going to play um, in the College Game Day host. Yeah. Last week they hosted, this week they're on the road in Durham at Duke. Uh, Duke is a six-and-a-half-point dog. Over-under is 52. Uh, already no, Notre Dame, I mean, they're 4-1 and one coming off a big game that they didn't win. Look, they, they played Ohio State. It was a tight game throughout. Duke coming in 4-0, and oh, looking for really their second statement win of the season. Mm-hmm. Sam Hartman back in North Carolina versus a familiar opponent. This is his second time I believe back in the state uh, this year. Played played uh, NC State earlier in the season. Thoughts on, thoughts on, first thoughts on college game day going to going to Duke. I don't I don't understand why everybody's so upset about it. They've never I'm not been upset. There. I'm not upset about it. No, no, I'm just saying, like, like I, I go on
1: Twitter and I see, I go on all these other social media sites. And I'm like, oh, really? You're going to Durham? They've never been to Durham. Isn't that the whole point to go to places they've never been before? They've never been to Durham.
0: I don't know. Have you ever they watched College Game Day? They don't ever go anywhere different. But they've never
1: been to Durham. <laughs> like, they, yeah, but they're going somewhere different. They yes, go to Alabama three times 18, a year, two weeks in a row with with Notre Dame. But I'm so happy they're not doing a Columbus or even an Ann Arbor or or Southern Cal like. Go to Durham. These these kids deserve it. Um, honestly, like I, I I hope like hell Duke can get it done. They're they're another team that I just really want to see get over the hump, really get it done. I and I pray the fans show up and show out. Duke fans are like Wake Forest fans. They can have a top five team in the country and they still for some reason don't show up. I don't get it. I I truly don't understand how you can have a team that's so good, have a professional quarterback. Dude's going to get drafted. Riley Leonard is getting drafted in the NFL draft. He's, he's a top two. Like, second – he's a first and second-round pick. Like, show up for these guys. Get get live. Get loud. If you're playing Notre Dame at home, you got college game day. Show up, show out. Give me Duke.
0: All right. All right. Duke straight up or, or just against the spread? Against the spread. Okay. Yeah. No, not so fast, my friend. <laughs> Notre Dame looks. Notre Dame looks real good. Um, Notre Dame should be the host
1: state last week. Honestly, they they
0: shot themselves in the foot so
1: many times. They really should be the host state.
0: Former way Forest quarterback Sam Hartman. Really like what I've seen from him. I'm gonna go Notre Dame by ten. Okay. Okay. Look, it's gonna be a close game, but I think Notre Dame wins by ten. I. It could be a little bit closer, but. That's just what I kind of see. Artie, Kim Jung is the uh, guest picker this week. Duke alumni, yeah. uh, famously from uh, the Mass Singer and The Hangover, from Greensboro. Greensboro. Yeah, from Greensboro. Yep. Um, Page high School, I believe. Artie, let me ask you: Who would you pick? Be the college game day picker. If college game day came to East Carolina University,
1: oh god! I mean, we got to I mean, we got to go, go big, man. I need I need I need a Vince McMahon. I need um, God. Who else? Who else? We got. That's, that's I mean, we're not getting Sandra Bullock, obviously. Nah. Um, and we're not doing Carter Cruz either. So I mean, <laughs> no, nah, we're not doing Carter Cruz. Now nah, give me give me give me a Vince, man. Give me Vince hey, and that makes sense. That Charlotte makes, Flair. Give me a Charlotte Flair. Um
0: Jared Shaffitt.
1: <laughs> Jared and Artemis Brown.
0: You know, honestly, who they would probably use and it, it would be a good one. Mr. Beast.
1: I, I didn't even think about
0: Mr. Beast. I keep forgetting we have Mr. Beast.
1: Yeah, now, now that I think about it, that's actually probably the one they they should pick. That's Mr. Actually
0: the one. That, that would be perfect. Mr. That's, Beast. That's the one. Yeah. Get get those. And actually
1: shouldn't be anybody else. That's it's, It should be Mr. Beast.
0: Get those 12-year-old viewers to. <laughs> that would be the most watched college game day of all time. I mean, the, the
1: TikTokers and YouTubers would be out there. The Twitchers, they'd be out there in full force.
0: For sure. All right, Artie. Uh, next up, a, a game that kind of looked. Very interesting early on or before the season started. UAB, Trent Delfer travels into Tulane. Uh, UAB's one and three going into Tulane, who's three and one uh, to try to really get an upset uh, to open up their their American Athletic Conference uh, tenure. Uh, Tulane looking to build off of a streak against a group of five teams and separate themselves from the rest of the American Conference. Tulane's a 21 point favorite. Over-unders 58 and a half. Uh, Josh, do you know? Do Does anybody know? Is uh, uh does anybody know if Michael Pratt is back? Oh, that's
1: a good question.
0: Uh, I don't know. I don't think he is. If Michael Pratt's back or if Michael Pratt plays in that old miss game, two lanes, four and oh, probably. Probably this game's not going
1: to be close. No, this game's not going to be close. Josh says he's back. So, yeah. um, Tulane Tulane two, lane, two lane to have their starters in at the beginning of the fourth quarter, their their backups in at the beginning of the fourth quarter. I don't think this game's going to be a Tulane,
0: Two lane, 48 to 20, maybe
1: even, maybe worse than that, maybe like a 48 to 10.
0: I'll give them 20. Okay, all right. Uh so we both think Tulane covers. Um all right, lastly, or no, we got we got one more before USF at Navy. I mean USF looks real good coming off of a strong win versus Rice plus the week before against Alabama. Alabama. Yeah. Uh Navy looking to balance pass game and run game. Does USF sell out to stop the run or stay balanced and lock down the pass? Uh how, how confident are we in, in USF from being a bottom feeder that they were? I mean, I'm not confident in USF, but they should beat Navy. They should beat
1: Navy. I, I think this game would be close, obviously, because Navy, I mean, they'll, they'll make it that way. Um, at least it'll be closer to two and a half, three quarters. Um, and then I can see South Florida pulling away. South Florida should win this game. They're, 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 they're a better team than Navy.
0: Navy's not that good. Yeah. For sure. For sure, Artie. Okay. Last last but not least, game of the week. This is where college game day should have been. East Carolina University. Travels on the road after after a big shutout win against Gardner Webb. Uh Rice, I mean Rice has a decent win this year. They they beat Houston. Um then again Houston is now a bottom feeder in, in the Big 12. Um, I did. Rice is a three-and-a-half-point favorite, over-under 46-and-a-half. Former Conference USA matchup. Artie, I, this, this, I I can't remember the last time we played Rice. It's, it's feel, It feels like it's been a while. It, it's been a while. I feel like it. I feel like it was probably 2013. I was about to say that. That might is might be
1: decade plus since the last time we played Rice.
0: Last time we played Rice. Um, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, we we, we kind of went over it earlier.
1: I, I do think this is going to be. You know, I'm even more nervous about this game than I was last week because this is a team that I know can beat us. Like if we don't actually come out and play our best game and and, and play sound football rice will absolutely win this game um so a little nervous but also very optimistic very proud of the fact that we did what we did last week going into this matchup doing what we needed to do and i do believe defensively i know what we're going to do right I, mean, I know our defense is going to keep us in this game we're not going to get blown out of houston we're not going to get blown out the building because our defense is just too good i, I know they're going to keep us in this football game. Offensively, I I, I want to see some consistency. I want to see receivers not dropping passes. I would love to see a breakout game from one of these receivers. For the love of God, I would love to see a breakout game from one of these receivers. Um, and and just some quarterback consistency. I, I think the running game will be okay. I would like to see the old line obviously play a little bit better, but that that quarterback to receiver combo, the consistency in that, I kind of want to see that turn a new leaf in this game. Whether it's Alex Flynn, which that Flynn would probably be the starter. Um, you know, going into this game. But regardless, I want to see some consistency. I want to see somebody in that wide receiver room say damn it, I've had enough. And just and just have themselves a day. I, I just I want to see that. We're getting into week uh week what week, week five now. So I, I mean I wanna I wanna see somebody break out in that wide receiver.
0: Room. Yeah, for sure. Um your prediction.
1: Oh man. I don't I don't I don't really think it's going to be that high scoring of the game. I'm going to take ECU. I'm going to take ECU 2417.
0: Okay. I like that. I like that. Um I'm going to take ECU ECU 2421. Andrew Conrad hits a hits a walk off field goal. Nice. Okay. 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 I'll I'll uh some love. I mean, hit two personal best last week against Gardner Webb. So um yeah. I, I, I like I like I like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with ECU. I'm gonna ride with ECU. Somebody said we were negative, always negative, but we're probably some of the biggest homers around. So, we think
1: um, ECU win games. You're not supposed to win. I, I don't understand that. Like, I, don't I think that. at one point
0: I almost said that ECU is going to be Michigan to start the season. Hey,
1: you was talking about not in three. You said what ECU going not in three this year. Like, what, what
0: are you talking about? We're negative. Stop that. All right. All right, Artie. Last thing, uh, Boneyard Podcast, proud to be members of the Variety Sports Podcast Network. Um, Shout out once again to them. Uh, Make sure you follow us on social media. You can find all of our socials at Boneyard Podcast uh, on Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok, Facebook, all those. Also, subscribe to our YouTube. If you're watching right now, I know a couple of you are. If you're still watching, still listening to us talk, Hit that subscribe button right this second. All right? Um, and then make sure to leave us a review wherever you may be. Five-star review. You're a friend of the podcast. One-star review. You can walk the damn plank. Already, let's get the hell out of here.
1: Hey, as always, Power Nation, it's been a pleasure, but we got to go. Wash your hands, wash your butts. Deuce. Peace.